with you just briefly um, and continue our sermon series on uh, people are worth it. We believe that people are worth it. Worth what? Well, worth whatever you have to, to do to reach them, whatever you have to do to love them, whatever you have to do to, to, um, to be loyal. Last week we talked about loyalty. Um, that didn't get a whole lot of amens. But um, <laughs> somebody was like, commitment is, is such a word, it scares me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was pretty much my key word throughout the whole sermon. So um, that's probably why. Uh, but loyalty, man, people are worth being loyal to them. Uh, we, we need to be loyal to people, stick with people through their ups and downs. Um, the first week, the first week we talked about the people are, are worth being available, making yourself available. Um, watching out for the needs of others that whatever God has put in your life he has put it in your life in order to be a blessing to somebody else and if you don't if you don't get that it's actually you that miss out like you miss out on the blessings that God has for you when you're not looking out to bless other people and so um, I'm not going to re-preach that but if you go back on onto our website uh, you can listen to the podcast um, for today I want to look at a, a passage in Matthew chapter 12 and they'll put it up there on the screen Matthew chapter 12 and verse 1 uh, it says, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Sabbath is a day of rest. In Jesus' time, it was Saturday. Currently, we celebrate Sabbath on Sunday because that's when Jesus rose from the dead um, as Christians. But as Jews, they celebrated the Sabbath on Saturday, and they're walking through the grain fields. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some of the heads of grain and to eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And so in verse 3, he answered, and he said, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? How he entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple, they desecrate the Sabbath, and yet they are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. I, want to, uh, I wanted to look at this passage just briefly because I believe that this sums up a lot of what I'm talking about, that people are worth it. The reason why people are worth it is because God believes that people are worth it. We didn't come up with this idea that people are valuable. God came up with the, the idea. And um, in, this, in this story, Jesus is walking along with his disciples through the grain fields, and they begin picking um, heads of the grain and just kind of munching on them, right? Micah was grabbing some uh, coffee beans the other day and just kind of munching on them, you know? It's training them young. And so, you know, it's good. It's good stuff occasionally when you're hungry or whatever. It's a little snack. Uh, this was not unlawful. Um, according to the Mosaic law, according to the law that God gave Moses, this was not unlawful for them to do. However, the Jews had in, in the 1400 years since Moses issued the law, uh, there in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, th they had added about 39 other laws to this idea of Sabbath. And I don't have time to get into the idea of Sabbath. Actually, I'd like to do a whole sermon on it because it's so important um, that we take Sabbath, that we take a rest. Sabbath means rest. And so it's so important that we, that we learn how to rest, that we learn how to rest on uh, just as God rested at the end of his six days of labor, on the seventh day he rested. And when it says that he rested, it doesn't mean that he, he, he kicked his feet up and took a nap. It means that he, he stood back and scripture says that he, he beheld everything he made and he said it was good. And that's what rest, that's what Sabbath is about. It's about noticing what God has done and saying, man, it's good. 
God is good. God is doing some great things. And so that's, 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 that's what it means to rest. And the Sabbath was a part of that. God commanded on the Sabbath that all of his people could not work. Uh, that you, you couldn't bake anything. You had to prepare your meals on the day beforehand. Uh, you couldn't, you, you couldn't uh, go out and plow the field. And so what the Israelites had done is they had taken those rules, especially the Pharisees, and said, well, if we're not supposed to work, then because we're an ag agricultural society, then we really shouldn't be even plucking little heads of grain off because that's kind of like working, right? It's kind of like reaping. And so they had developed all of these extra rules, and that's what they're speaking about when they talk about um, the disciples. And Jesus offers two arguments, and I just want to look at these briefly. The first one is he says, haven't you read, and I think it's funny, whenever God, whenever Jesus says this to the Pharisees, because the Pharisees would have memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. They would have, they would have read, trust me, uh, the, the whole Torah. They knew it inside and out. In fact, if you were to ask a Pharisee, uh, what is the middle word in the Torah? They could turn the pages and find the exact middle word because they counted the amount of words in the Torah and they had each one memorized. So anyway, they would have read and they would have studied. They would have known this story. And Jesus says, did you miss the part where David and his companions were hungry and he entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the bread that he wasn't supposed to eat? What is he saying? He's saying, guys, look, people are worth it. That people are more important than protocol. People are more important than precedence. People are more important than religious ritual. People are more important. People are worth so much that God would desecrate his, his bread. Because the bread that they ate was the bread that was only reserved for the priest. It was the show bread, which was a representation of Jesus Christ. And so it was very holy. It was very sacred. It was very separate. No one was to touch it or eat it. And yet when David was hungry, he went in and ate it. And he was still a man after God's own heart because people are worth it. And really, just practically, people are physical. People have physical needs. People will get hungry. So, and just in short, you ought to feed people. <laughs> this is really super deep preaching today, so this is kind of how this works. Like, we ought to feed people. The Pharisees were so concerned with people's souls that they were not concerned with people's bodies. And Jesus says, no, no, look, it's a whole person. It's a physical person and it's a spiritual. It's the same person. People are also physical. So before you try preaching or, or shoving religion down their throat, why don't you put something healthy down their throat in order to feed them? Because people are physical. People get hungry. And so here at City Chapel, that's what we do. We got coffee and donuts. You always get fed sugar and carbs. I mean, every single Sunday. We get Kona ice. We hand out uh, uh, ice cream sandwiches occasionally, you know. And uh, this kind of thing is the, the Pharisees would really frown upon that because you're not supposed to have ice cream sandwiches in church. And, uh, you know, that you're not supposed to have because it could stain the carpet, right? Because, but <laughs> we don't have that problem, so it's all good. You, you, the, the thing about it is that people are more important, and so we feed people. And we feed people here. We also feed people. Luckily, we started this Keep Kids Fed during the summer. Kids that go to Williams Elementary are being offered uh, groceries throughout the week and so we have eight kids right now so far that have signed up eight kids are being fed today we got eight bags with groceries for monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday while kids are home alone because a lot of kids rely on the food here at williams but during the summer we asked the principal and she said well we don't we don't really have any programs to feed them so we are feeding people and you say well that's not very spiritual no 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 it is very spiritual 
Because <laughs> people are physical. And if you want to speak to people's spirits, sometimes you have to first feed their bodies. And that's what Jesus says. Look, man, people get hungry. What's more important? Keeping a, a, a principle that you have or feeding people. And so that's his first argument. His second argument is that uh, uh, he, says, he says, haven't you read in the law where the priests desecrate the Sabbath? They desecrate the Sabbath uh, based on all of the, the duties that they have there, and yet they are innocent. Now, this is, this is so interesting because the Jews had actually noticed this. In the book of Leviticus, God commands everybody to rest. Everybody on the Sabbath, nobody works. I mean, it's serious. If you work, there's serious re repercussions. God is not joking around. He's not playing. He's not suggesting. He is demanding that on the Sabbath, everybody rest. So you don't work. Uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't sow. You don't reap. You don't, you, don't, you don't cook. You don't bake. You take a rest. But in the same portion of Scripture, God then addresses the Levites who were the priests of that day and he says look on the Sabbath these are the hundred million things you're gonna do <laughs> first of all you wake up in the morning and you start baking the showbread but I thought we weren't supposed to bake on the Sabbath <laughs> God God says nobody else can bake but when he when he comes to the Levites he says okay here's the list of stuff and really when you look at the priest their job man they're working all day on the Sabbath they're first baking the bread, then they're starting a fire for the burnt offerings, which you're not supposed to start fires. They're supposed to start a fire for the burnt offering. Then they're supposed to receive people that come into the temple on the Sabbath. They're supposed to receive the, 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 the goats and the lambs and the sheep and the turtle doves. They're supposed to kill them, which you're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. Then they're supposed to roast them. Then they're supposed to sprinkle the blood over different... I mean, they are working. They're praying with people. They're receiving alms. They're receiving tithes. They're working from sun up to sun, sun down. And the Jews were like, well, hold up. I thought you said nobody works on the Sabbath. And yet the priests are working all day long. <laughs> and as a fellow pastor, let me just say, I sympathize with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like 5 a.m., me and my family, like, you guys, oh, I love Sundays, the weekend, Fridays. Like, woohoo! I'm like, yeah, okay. So, you know, I, it's, I like Sunday, but not for the same reason that you all do. It's just, it's just, it's just different. You work. You work the whole day. And this is, this is the, what the priest did. And so the Jews recognized that there was a weird oddity that God had commanded no work. And so you would think that the height of devotion would be no work. You would think that in the temple, which is the holiest place of all, I mean, if, if, if on the Judean countryside they're not working, then surely in the temple, right by the presence of God, like priests are going to be so still, like they, they're not even going to move all day. They're just going to stare at the wall, just like that. Just, 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 they're not even allowed to blink because that's kind of like working, you know, like their breaths have to be, you know, they, they would measure their chest. Like you would think that the height of stillness and lack of activity and calmness would be in the most holy place. And yet God reverses this logic and says, okay, everywhere else there's no work, but I want everybody to come to the temple where the entire priest clan, they're all working their tails off. And the Jews were like, we don't understand this, but obviously there's something here. And so the Jews had a saying in Jesus' day, and I think, it was, I think it was written in the Talmud, which is extra-biblical um, um, commentary um, on the Old Testament, on the Torah. <clears throat> they had a saying, and, and I actually typed it out so that, so, so that you all could read it so that you don't get confused. But this is what, this is what, they, this is what they said. They said, what is <clears throat> forbidden on the Sabbath is allowed in the sanctuary. 
And they, they didn't understand that statement, but they just recognized. Obviously, what is forbidden on the Sabbath is also allowed on, in, within the sanctuary. Now, they didn't understand the statement, but they recognized that God had drawn this weird division, that there was rest, no activity everywhere except in the sanctuary where God dwelt. There was a buzz, a flurry of activity. And they said, we don't know, we don't know why that is, but that's just, that's just that's, that's, that's what God said. We're not going to question it, so that's just the way that we roll. And Jesus brings out this, 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 this enigma, this puzzle. He brings this out in his argument, and he said, look, you know how the priests work their tail off all day long in the sanctuary. You just don't know why. You don't know why God would command work to be done in the most holy place when no work is being done outside of it. You, you haven't understood that yet. And he said, let me tell you that someone, and he explains it, he says someone greater than the temple or the sanctuary is right here. In other words, when we talk about the value of people, we have to look at the heart of God. And we have to look at what God sees as restful. <laughs> when, 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 when we take a rest or vacation, we like conk out on the couch. For us, typically, on the Judean countryside, rest means no activity. We don't work, we don't do anything. We don't, don't, we don't do anything. Well, I just need to rest. AKA, do nothing. Think about nothing, contemplate nothing, work on nothing. For us, rest equals nothing. So, uh, you know, to work is kind of unlawful uh, for us in our rest. But the closer you get to the presence of God, the more you start to see a shift in the way that God values rest. Because what did he do? He told the guys that were closest to him, he said, look, what I want you to do is your proximity to me is going to change your priorities. Your proximity to me is going to change the way you view rest. For everybody else, the best way for them to recuperate is to not help anybody. But what I want you to do is I want you to welcome them and I want you to help them get closer to me. I want you to work your whole Sabbath helping them get closer to me. Offering sacrifices, offering prayers, receiving tithes, uh, uh, walking with people, talking with people, welcoming, uh, blessing the poor, doing all of these things. And you would think, well, doesn't this wear the Levites out? Because when do they get a Sabbath? This is their Sabbath. This is their rest. This is their time off. This is, this is, their, this is their time to, get, to recuperate and to get restored. What? By, by giving? <laughs> yeah. When God created the whole world, he did it in six days, according to Genesis 1. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And scripture explains to us that he's still in that state of rest. But what has he been doing ever since creating the world? He's been giving to us. So the closer you get to God, the more you value people. You say, people don't drain me. People don't suck energy out of me. Rather, when I give to people... It's fulfilling to me. Like, this is good. This is joyful. This is helpful to me. 
And this is, this is my hope, my prayer that every single one of us would get to because the Pharisees weren't there. The Pharisees said, man, people are a burden. People are, people are goof-ups. They are, they, are, they are mess-ups. They're always kind of complaining and all this stuff. They were seeing all the negatives about people. But whenever you get close enough to the presence of God, you start to realize that when you give to people, it actually revives you. It actually replenishes you. It actually fills you up. I mean, you, you get something out of every time that you give. Which is why uh, a lot of churches take what they call like summer Sabbaths. And so what that means is like we're not really going to do much. We're just going to kick back and just relax. And, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I agree. Let's take a summer Sabbath. Let's, let's reach out to every single person that needs their sins forgiven. Let's reach out to every single person that's bringing an offering or ties an offering. And let's bless them. Let's pray for them. Let's love on them. Let's step out of our community. Let's step out of this building right here. Like every Friday in July, we're going to have a block party out, out, out here in the park. And we're going to have like a carnival night. And then another night, we're going to show like a movie, like, 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 like not a Christian movie. <gasps> And then we're going to show like other, and, <laughs> but here's the deal. What is, what is unlawful on the Sabbath is lawful in the sanctuary, which is why we want you to be in Christ. Because when you get in Christ, suddenly it's lawful to wear shorts in church. What is unlawful on the Sabbath is lawful in the sanctuary because I'm, I'm basically taking my sanctuary with me. I'm, I'm taking my sanctuary with me on my job. I'm taking my sanctuary with me uh, in, in, in my workplace and in my family. What is, what, is, what is unrestful for me on the Sabbath is actually restful for me when I am abiding in Christ, when I am in the the sanctuary. That's why Jesus said something greater than the temple is here. Those guys are in the temple, so it's okay for them. Guess what? Jesus says, my body is really the temple. The temple is a symbol of me. And so whenever anybody is with me or within me, they are not confounded to, they're not confounded to the rules of this world. And so here at City Chapel, nothing is sacred except that which is sacred. It's kind of deep. You're going to have to let that sink in. Nothing is sacred except those things which are sacred. What you wear to church is not sacred. What you, well, where you go to church, the, the way the building looks is not sacred. Your Sunday 10 to 11 is not sacred. There's nothing sacred except that which is sacred. Let me tell you what's sacred. Two things. God and those that he has breathed life into, a.k.a. people. That's it. And we are ready and willing to shift everything for those two things. We will change service times. We will change services. We will meet on Saturday night in somebody's living room if we need to do that. God help us. If we need to do that. Man, Saturday night services, I hate them. Anyway. What we need, like, we, we are ready to wear shorts if it, if it reaches people. We are ready to, to have cone eyes if it reaches people. We are ready to watch even non-Billy Graham movies if it reaches people. We are not, it is, what, is, what, is, what is unlawful in your religious mind is actually lawful in the sanctuary of Christ. And what 1950s Christianity told you was unlawful, it's fine. But if you're going to walk with Christ, you don't have to listen to 1950s Christianity. You can just simply focus on people and God. And nothing is sacred except that which is sacred. And by the way, sacred cows make good hamburgers, so I, I'll steal that from, from T-Bear. Uh, yeah, and so here we're definitely messing up um, some sacred things, and it's intentional. 
it's intentional. We want, we want you to live this life. We want you to step into this sanctuary where you're not so concerned about if people are plucking heads of grain and you're not so concerned if people are wearing the right thing or saying the right thing or, or even sometimes believing the right thing. People come into City Chapel who have different beliefs and that's okay because the sacred thing is not your, your ideology. The sacred thing is not your creed. The sacred thing is God and you, and we want to get you to God. And so whatever you believe, God's bigger than your belief and my belief. I probably don't have it all together either. There's stuff I'm still learning and figuring out, and we're going to get to heaven and be like, oh, I guess I was wrong on that. So you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's God and people. We get so bent out of shape, and we sacrifice people for this stuff. I grew up in church. Some of you, some of you real Christians, you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, like we grew up with this and we heard, just heard it over and over. And, and I, I came to realize, wait a minute, it's God and people. And what I do with God and what I do with people is all that matters. And that's really, that's really, that's really what people are worth it. People are worth messing some things up for. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to do that. And today, um, today we're welcoming folks who want to step into Christ.